What in the hell is all this for, anyways? What is freedom without community? What is food without family? What is life without, well, love? average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the MentorBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello and welcome to this edition of MentorBox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today we'll be diving deep into a bit of a hot topic love. It's fundamental to, well, pretty much everything. The famous comedian slash spiritual guru slash podcaster, Russell Branson calls it, in fact, God. It's been spoken about from some of the greatest wisdom keepers that have ever lived. For example, Lao Tzu once famously said, being deeply loved by someone gives you strength, while loving someone deeply gives you courage. And we teach it, of course, to our children as well. For example, Dr. Seuss's You know you're in love when you can't fall asleep because reality is finally better than your dreams. Or sometimes it's a weapon for progress. Martin Luther King said it best in this way, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And on and on. Love is both a spiritual truth possibly the only thing worth caring about, the underlying architecture which has manifested all reality, and simultaneously possibly a biological trick in order for us to procreate more effectively. Either way, and in all ways, it is massively important. Though I contend, also still confusing. Still up in the air. Still, we're unsure of what it all means. And oh, by the way, what kind of love? are we talking about here? Love between family or friendship? The love of all sentient beings, human to human, or intimate, even sensual love between two star-crossed lovers? See, the more you unpack, the more complicated it feels. And because of that complication, because we're almost constantly unsure both of what love means and how to use it, we end up confused and angry and underprepared and selfish and tired and sometimes depressed. When, if only we could deconstruct the madness and see love for what it truly is, our worries, all of them, would wash away into a glorious contentment. Love, my friends, as the Beatles once famously wrote, is all you need. So let's get into it, shall we? There are basically two ways to interpret love in a non-spiritual, non-of-our-essence sort of way. Instead of viewing love as some esoteric, poetic, undefinable feeling only left for the artists, we can imagine it also as a tool. 
which I know is a little hard and rough and robotic, but hear me out. Because after we come full circle back from the steely whiteness of pragmatism, you'll be able to openly and honestly and purposely allow yourself to feel love without worry, without ego. Because let's get serious. The reason why most of us are unable to truly live in that beautiful space of love and contentment is because we think sometimes it is useless. Either that it's a distraction, that I have better things to do, I have a career to focus on, I have a race to win, places to go and mountains to climb, or that we see love as a conduit for vulnerability and opening up. And that's scary because vulnerability could kill us, could it not? The line between warmth and scorching heat, am I right? Be careful what you wish for. Love then burns from both ends. Well, no, I contend no, it doesn't really. But that's what we think. So ironically and unexpectedly, we have a few problems with love. Namely, that sometimes we think it's either useless or it's dangerous. So we have to fight against that. And the only way to do that is to use our pragmatism against itself. So let's take the first case. Is love useful or is it a distraction? Or more specifically, if you are on a mentor box trajectory of self-improvement, if you are moving forward in your career at a lightning pace, finally taking ownership over your life, I, me, here, now, am in control, hear me roar and all that, is love and all its softness and staring up at the stars and smelling the roses just a waste of time? Shouldn't we instead be listening to a podcast at double speed while taking an Uber to a meeting with a bank? Comfortable chairs? Ha! Of course not. Standing desks and lunchtime push-ups, here I come. Sure. Great. That's wonderful. You know I believe in all that. But you also know that I'm about optimizing for the long haul. Willpower and really intense action in general takes energy. They are both finite resources. They require, then, recharging. Which, of course, love is an incredible recharge, is it not? A warm blanket, the soft touch of a lover underneath, trusted eye contact, belly laughter with friends who will never judge you, who will always love you. Is this not the stuff which recharges the batteries of the 80-hour workweek sprints? It is. And further, what is the sprint for in the first place? You've read the books, have you not? You've listened to the videos at double time. You've taken the notes. Success requires a big why. You know this. From Napoleon Hill to Steve Jobs, success at any level, especially extreme success, requires an enormous why. A why to infinity. An almost spiritual why. Things like family, humanity, community, the earth, or even God if you're into that sort of language. When the going gets tough, when you're down and out, when your numbers tank, when your body aches, when you instead just want to go to McDonald's one more time, what brings you back into the fold? What keeps you going? What in the hell is all this for, anyways? What is freedom without community? What is food without family? What is life without, well, love? The reason we do all this running around, the reason we push ourselves to the limit, is not so that we, I, me, look at me, I am the best. 
We do it for each other. We do it because after you reach a point of complete freedom then, and really only then, do you have the power to truly make a positive impact on the rest of the world. And so, when you're pushing yourself, if you do not have that love, if you do not cultivate it and hold it precious to your heart, if you do not kiss her before bed and say, I love you, if you are not holding hands in the park and saying things like, wow, as often as possible, then you will, my friends, regardless of your bank account, feel an emptiness which will eat and eat and eat at your soul. In fact, some of you probably already feel it. And so with that, I contend that love is not a distraction. Oppositely, love is a fuel. It is your big why. It is your reason. It is your engine. And therefore, it's logical. In two ways, it is logical. One, it is the best rest your body will ever have from the fight. It'll lick your wounds and heal your scars. And also because two, because it is an anecdote to fear. It pushes back against obstacles. It is the biggest of all the big whys. Love like turtles all the way down. So then we're left with the other reason why some people avoid love. The reason why is because these people are afraid that they'll get burned. Or let's get serious, more like they've already been burned and they don't want to feel like that ever, ever again. And I understand that. Pain is painful. Power is benign. It'll fight for both teams, good and evil, will it not? Yes, my friends, yes it will, and yes it does. But, and so, where does this leave us? Well, I'll say this. If you feel like love is not for you, then I implore you, you are wrong. Love itself, just like life, is not a nihilist. It wants you to be happy. It wants to give of itself everything it has to offer. It wants you to wonder and jump and push yourself into its arms and stay there forever. But it won't let you unless you understand it. Like a password, a locked door, a puzzle awaiting the right whispered sentiment. It will not let just anyone into its gates. Because, because guess what? because it requires unconditionality. That, my friends, is the trick. That's the answer. The magic formula to unlock and then use its power. It does not, of course, require that you show ultimate forgiveness to all. It does not require you to not stand up for yourself when you have been wronged. It does not demand silence compared to another's extroversion. You can define what you deserve and hold that standard, but love, it does ask you to forgive both yourself and others. And that's, I think, where most of us get it wrong. We overextend. We do not listen to the nuance of love. If I love too much and too unconditionally, then people will take advantage of me. I will be stepped on and beaten up like I have been before, we think. Or oppositely, love is everything. I must open myself to the world openly and forever. In the first case, we lose the positive in favor of avoiding the negative. In the second, we overly emphasize the positive while unnecessarily hurting ourselves in the process. Neither are necessary. So what's the answer? The answer is to walk the line to view the world for what it actually is, a complex organism created and experienced by and with other complex organisms. 
Therefore, if you are being taken advantage of, if someone hurts you, contextualize it. View the nuance. Can I forgive this person and still have a relationship with them? Or is this an end-all be-all? Then make that informed decision and move on. Though if you can continue, then actually continue. Or if you decide that this person is unworthy of your time, then cut them out. Love them still in the back of your mind as a person, as part of consciousness, but do not spend time with them. You see the difference there? Do not conflate loving with doing. Do not conflate loving with time spent. Do not conflate love with pain. Instead, love is the underlying current which predisposes you towards contentment. It is a cloud to which the rest of your life stands. In this way, then, it calms. It softens. It blunts rather than sharpens. And so too, it is logical. Its general antidote, medicine to even its own sharpness. See, love, even when love is the problem, is the answer. There's more, of course. There's self-love and intimate love. We'll get to those later. But for now, just know this. If you're fighting hard, zoned in, as they say, it is not only logical still, and especially then, to enjoy the fruits of love. It is, in fact, a requirement. And with that, I'll leave you with the greatest poet, I think, well, ever, Pablo Neruda. He writes, You can cut all the flowers, but you cannot keep spring from coming. Until next time, cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts, as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.